Welcome back to the Signs of the Southland podcast presented by From the Rumble Seat. I'm Akshay Shwaran, and joining me today live from the roof of the Clough Undergraduate Learning Commons What's that? is Jake Grant and Kate Lawson. Well, we're coming off, a, uh, in a word, a weekend of GT Sports, uh, but before we get into the bulk of it, uh, let's talk a little bit about non-rev. Jake, please talk. So this week... We had a lot of non-rev action, and Ethan's not here to banter with me, so one of you two is going to have to fill in. We got our, uh, first off, number seven, men's golf. Um, they won. Uh, they won the Maui Gym Invitational. The Maui Wowie Gym Invitational? Yes, referencing only a smoothie company and nothing else. The Maui Gym Invitational is named for a Peoria, Illinois-based sunglasses company originally from Hawaii, hosted at a golf course in Scottsdale and by Georgia State for some reason, uh, but we won it. We beat uh, Arizona State, who uh, just barely edged us out by a single stroke last year. Uh, it's for Bruce Hepler's 54th win in his quarter century at Tech, and I wonder where we would be without him, because that was fun, and I like winning, and it's going to be a long year. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it, and I'm, I'm still rambling. Obviously, if they were a smoothie shop, they'd be Maui Wowie. But uh, we also had women's tennis in action, and they actually did pretty well, too. Victoria Flores coming into her own a little bit, got a singles title, and her and uh, Alila Said a doubles title at a last-minute tournament that they were not originally supposed to be in. That was because of the hurricane cancellations, right? Yeah, canceled Duke and an ITA tournament. Um, yep, volleyball lost twice uh, on the road at a mediocre at best Syracuse team and to a team in Boston College that was, in a word, uh, horrible last year. Um, they might be better. They're 12-2 and two to start the year, but they also didn't play really anybody. Uh, they ain't played nobody. Um, Podcast ain't played nobody, Paul. Yeah, that too. Um, Tech also lost to them on the road last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and we still did much better than in conference play. So I wouldn't take it too seriously, but they do play much better at home, and they come home, play Louisville, who is receiving votes in the latest coaches' polls uh, this weekend, and they also play Notre Dame, everybody's favorite school. I love Notre Dame. I don't know anybody annoying that goes there. Cross country was in Boston as well. Uh, men got ninth in a field of about 24. Um, they did okay. Doing better. Um, beat two ACC teams. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we didn't do much of that last year. Uh, but the uh, women got second overall. Beat four top 30 teams. Ooh, uh, shiny. A, yeah, beat a bunch of uh, ACC competition as well. So that's good, and if they were a smoothie shop, they would be Orange Julius because cross-country is a sport as old as time, and it seems like Orange Julius has been around forever. Mind you, he's reading this straight off of the last week's Yellow Jacket. Record. It was long, okay? There were six non-rev sports in action, and I just got out of the swimming pool, so cut me some slack. And yes, I work out. Cool. He needs um, some milk. I do need some milk. I don't have any protein. And then we had two other teams in action, men's tennis and softball, and if you can tell me how either team did... That would be much appreciated because ramblerec.com didn't, and I was in church during the softball game, and I was not in the Bahamas for the men's tennis tournament, and there's no record of either game anywhere on the internet. So uh, was Davo at church with you? Davo was not at church oh, with me. Big Christian. Uh, mm, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We got plenty of talk left to come tonight, but uh, softball they probably won because um, they, they play. They played a very very Ryan small Anderson. They played Anderson. Yeah, but this is kind of an annual thing, the case of the mysterious disappearing softball games. Um, they usually win those. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we played Michigan and Auburn in the Bahamas for tennis. Um, 
Also, if there's a weird break, it's because two random guys just came by to ask us for expo markers, and we really didn't have a good answer for them. Um, so, yeah, um, I apologize if I repeat anything. Uh, softball, they probably won. I trust that they won. They're pretty good. They're going to be better than they were last year. I'm really excited to uh, get to watch them live in action this Friday night at 5 from Mewborn Field. Uh, volleyball, softball are all at home. And I think there's a football game, too, but don't quote me on that. Do we have to talk about football? We do, but thank you for filling in for Ethan after his... Filling in? I'm the non-rev guy. This you, is my you job. were, but he was regretfully expelled from Georgia Tech after downloading it illegally a cover of Don't Stop Believing by Alvin and the Chipmunks. So he, <laughs> oh, my he's God. got to get that sorted out. That was literally the first song my brother and I bought when we got an iTunes account. Don't joke. Didn't that movie come out in, like, 2009? Shut up. God, y'all are <laughs> young. <laughs> Wow. You're like, All you're, right. You're not even a year older than me. I'm more than a year older than you. Hmm. Whatever. Shut up. They don't know that. They don't know that. Yeah, I'll make them feel older. Anyway. All right. Since I know none of us want to actually talk about what happened Saturday, let's. Uh, I do. Kate has thoughts. Don't let the man speak. Uh, Fake news, Akshay. All right. Let me repressing good guy Kate. Come let on. me let me preface no let me preface this statement. Fake news. Oh my god, using the soundboard as it makes its debut. Uh, but let me preface this discussion with it sucked. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it, and I know Jake doesn't want to talk about it. So Cade. I want to talk about it. Hey, I had a thought. I wrote it down on our document. Well, we'll go with Cade first since he wanted to speak. Okay. Yeah, there's uh in simplest terms, it was the worst offensive performance I've seen in this is the 11th year of Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech, and this was by far the worst one we've seen. Clemson, this might be the best defensive line they've ever had, but I don't know if you could say it's the best defense period that it's ever had because they had some really good ones in the past. And the fact that you rode with your quarterback who completed one of his six passes for 29 yards in the entire game as your offense chugged for a grand total of not enough um, – in route to a 28-point loss. I mean, he, Taquan Marshall kept 25 times for 47 yards. Not great. Tobias Oliver, when he came in, in garbage time, which I have some questions about why you would wait till garbage time of this game to bring bring in somebody who you hope could give you a little bit of change up in the offense, which he ended up doing with his two pass completions. But he went nine carries for 34 yards. Jordan How or Jordan Mason, <clears throat> four carries for 30 yards. Jerry Howard, 10 for 18. Thanks. That's the um, that's the low for the team rushing yards. Suffice to say, it was not a good game. Hey, um, I had a giant whistle. That was pretty cool. Just one sack. I still think our expectations for Nate Woody's defense were way too lofty coming into the season, given mm. the personnel that he has to work with. But just one sack, half of it going to Desmond Branch and half to David Curry. Um, the defensive line did this thing it's been doing recently where it makes a really big play early on in the game and then does a disappearing act for the next three and a half quarters. And it did that with a really early sack of um, Kelly Bryant in this game. They did get two interceptions, though, from Malik Rivera and Desmond Branch, who, I mean, I guess if you're giving a defensive MVP, it's probably to Desmond Branch for the half a sack and interception. But really just the worst game you could probably hope to see from anybody, especially on offense, and that's my thoughts. All right, Jake, your one-sentence take on this game, because I don't really want to talk about it. 
Uh, we had a giant golden whistle, so that was fun uh, down in the student section. But other than that, the game was hard to watch from the stands. Um, press conference was hard to listen to. This and is more than a sentence. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, this is the podcast, and they here to listen to us talk, so we might as well do it. You very nearly came close that they pay to listen to us talk. I did. <laughs> hey, man. Maybe if the, Their I mean, internet is valuable. Their internet is a valuable service, not provided by Vox Media. Like us on Patreon. We don't have a Patreon. We don't have a Patreon. But if you'd like to send us money, I'm sure Cade would appreciate it to run the website. If there's a Patreon for Science of the Southland, it's literally going to fund Cade's, like... Student Center and Starbucks addiction and stuff. So. Student Center, oh, yes. Anyway, uh, like I said, it sucked. That's my one sentence. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Let's Reader move on. questions. Hashtag Ask Scions. Cade, you want to bring us the first one on the list? So what it says here is, and I'm not sure who this is from, but I'm pretty sure it's from Facebook. Can regime change get upper tier talent? That was, uh, I, we picked that question out of a much longer paragraph that I I'm not sure I read the entirety of. I'll let you go ahead and answer first, because my answer is... So, I have a lot of mixed thoughts on this, but in, in short, it's not just going to be the regime change. Just moving to a different style of offense or a different head coach isn't going to make us an immediate force in recruiting in the state of Georgia. You have to have a significant shift in how the hill and athletics interact, especially with regards to scholarships and majors. Stanford has, I mean, a very good model from the academic side, quote-unquote, in which they all, all of, most of their athletes are, what, science, technology, and society majors? We have those majors, though. We have a history, we have a history tech and society yeah, but the thing is, we still require all students to take at least calculus. We require all students to take one CS course. And most, even the business school, which I give crap to, is still, you know, 20th, 21st in the nation. It's still a rigorous degree. The fact of the matter is, I would love for Tech to get upper-tier football talent, but there's a lot of factors... There's a lot of factors that go into it that I just, it's not just a coaching change. That I'll call you on two things there. Oh boy. I'm going to pick some nits. One, Stanford. Gross. Stop. Um, oh, screw off. I actually like Stanford too much. He goes to tech, like tech. Um, anyways, and the other thing is, for all of our listeners out there, I feel like uh, GT Jason in the comments would especially appreciate this, but if you go to the branding on Georgia Tech's academic website, you'll notice they've switched all of their branding to the Tech Athletics branding standards. It's all that shade of gold. Even the uh, Georgia Tech with the Campanile, it's that shade of gold. The font's not the same, of course, because they have the word mark explicitly for athletics. But I feel like we're moving in that direction because Peterson is a football guy and Stansbury is a tech guy. Stansbury and Peterson are finding this repertoire that didn't used to exist inside of the hill and the dynamic with down on the flats. So I understand that, but at the same, you can have a good relationship with the hill and athletics, and that's great. That takes care of one of my points, I'll admit that. But at the same time, that doesn't 
that doesn't undo what probably 20 or 30 years of there being not oh, of course, bad it's not, not going to change it right away, but if, if you look at how Peterson went out and got his man, if you look at how the contract is structured and the loan they gave him to get him from Oregon State, if you look at what Bud Peterson has done to invest in Todd Stansbury and how Todd Stansbury has turned around and invested in the program, in Alexander Clark Fund, in supporting Paul Johnson, whether or not that'll continue, we will remain to see. And that's the point of this question is, it might not. Who knows what it's going to look like under a new coach. But I feel like Todd Stansbury at the top is going to lead to getting better student-athlete development, getting better recruiting, and getting a better coach. So I understand. No, I got nothing else on that one. Kid. Yeah, so the question is, can a regime change get uh, upper-tier talent? Which, if you're talking about consistently getting four-star guys, the answer is sure. If you're talking about getting five-star guys, the answer is no. Because there's just no reason for all the five-star guys to come here because they know they're not going to be in college for that long. And they know the time that they spend in college should be time spent focusing on football, which is going to be probably their careers if they're five-star guys since so many of them go to the NFL. But if you're talking about an improvement, there is room for an improvement. And you can see that from the rest of the ACC where Georgia Tech has been significantly if not in the bottom half, right at that halfway mark for pretty much the entire time Paul Johnson's been here as far as composite rankings for different classes go. So there's there's a lot of room to improve. It's incredible the amount of ground that every school in the Southeast, I mean, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, all these schools that are pulling all the talent out of the state of Georgia, and especially out of metro Atlanta area, which is – it's. Something Josh Pastner is trying to improve with basketball is improving this recruiting in this immediate area, but there hasn't been too much of an effort from that for football, uh, at least that we can see as far as tangible results. So uh, if you're going to improve recruiting, you have to start where you are, and I don't think Paul Johnson's done a very good job of that. Thankfully, to find success, he hasn't always needed to, but that's if you're talking about getting upper-tier talent, you can't really expect to get it from anywhere but your backyard. And I feel, I feel like the question itself boxes in the problem of recruiting a little bit too much, and that's where having an actual competent athletic department and having competent people besides the head coach, you know, assistants, coordinators, staff on, in the backseat like they're trying to do with bringing in more recruiting staff. Like, if you have parts like that, yeah, a lot of it comes in philosophy from the head coach, but you need to have a brand that appeals to Metro Atlanta. You need to have this contract with Adidas and having that kind of flash that comes with being a recruit at Tech. Uh, you need to have, I don't know, it's not like you can just plop down Gus Melzahn here and instantly things are going to become better. You need to make yourself that Atlanta brand. You need to make yourself that powerful academic brand. Whatever, whatever it is they go with, it's not just, uh, you can't just patch yeah, you're right, and it would be wrong to blame Paul Johnson because Paul Johnson spent the majority of his tenure as the head coach at Georgia Tech uh, working for a guy who would later become known as Bigfoot or Sasquatch or whatever because he was so infrequently in the office and so unwilling to support him. Um, and just like I referenced the uh, recruiting rankings being pretty consistently low, the fact is that compensation for assistant coaches, the budget, the amount of staffers that they have compared to schools like Clemson, is even lower. So when you consider that little discrepancy, it kind of becomes a little bit amazing how high we are in recruiting rankings. 
vast amount of resources that other schools spend on things that we just don't have resources to. I'll, I'll kind of go back on what I said before. I think it's possible for Tech to get upper-tier talent. It's just a long, long-term goal that may not be one head coach, but it's going to be over the tenure of, like Jake is saying, it's going to be over the tenure of Todd Stansbury. See, I feel like I feel like this question doesn't just apply to football either. It, it applies to everything in the athletic department, which is why you need you need the quality coaches, you need the quality staff, you need the quality athletic department. There's no reason that Georgia Tech shouldn't be a national championship contender in a sport like swimming, in a sport like cross country. You have the nicest facilities in the country. If you look at it, it's like people say facilities are the issue. At tech, and you look, you look at swimming, and they're not winning national championships. You people say that coaching is the issue, and even one of the greatest golfing coaches in the history of the sport, Bruce Hepler, sustained success here over twenty-five years, but hasn't won a national championship. You can't just say that one thing is going to fix it all. Just like you can't say that bringing in Nate Woody was going to be the cure-all that fixed our defense. Although you know? a lot of us did say that. A lot of us did say that, and it Myself was exciting, included. and it, it is new and different, and different than anything Paul Johnson's been able to have, but you, there, there, it's never going to be a one-size-fits-all. One like, you look at Danny Hall, he's seen the peaks of success going to the World Ser- the College World Series in Omaha, and he's seen not making the playoffs for two years in a row. That's, that's the nature of the sport, and there comes a time when, yes, bringing in a new coach is going to help you but if you don't have the physical, the academic, the personnel, and the brand to tie it all together, you're going to have just a bunch of people moving around in a vacuum, and you're not going to reach that final frontier. And I think when you look at where the program as a whole is going, if you look at what uh, Michelle is doing at O'Keefe, if you look at what Michelle Joseph is doing in the Kamish and Josh Pastner, how he's trying to recruit Metro Atlanta harder. There's all these moving parts, but it seems like there's finally some sort of direction. And maybe maybe football gets over the hump by bringing in a new coach that runs the spread or by bringing in something else, whatever Todd needs to invest in facilities in Bobby Dodd to get the fans to buy in too. And I feel like no matter what happens at the coaching level, if we have this strong base, like it's like building your house on sand versus building your house firmly anchored in bedrock. You can build, that that orange bowl house was built on this big pile of sand and it shook. The next year, the house collapsed. We were terrible in 2015. We weren't that good last year either. Like, yeah, we were a couple wins from being a much more acclaimed team at the end of the year from being eight wins instead of five, but I feel like we're finally finding ourselves on a more solid footing and that's really important for the program as a whole. Yeah, I think this this question is more... Like you said, it's a program-wide question, and I think it's better. It's best that we evaluate that on a longer-term sketch. So, like, we can come back in twenty twenty when the in the fundraising campaign is over, yeah. see where that money is allocated, and then we can make a more accurate, I guess, accurate analysis of the yeah. situation. And maybe at that point, football is pulling in four, four and five stars. Maybe at that point, basketball is pulling at least four stars. Like, well, I think it just, like you're saying, it needs to get there. I, I think specifically in football, it's very tough, especially because the academics. There are, there are two leading indicators that are going to say a lot about the program before changes in football are going to say anything about, uh, about uh, 
the program in general. And one speaks to recruiting, and one speaks to changing the head coach. You look at softball, you want to see at the end of the year how Eileen Morales is doing and how bringing in that new coach has changed the team. Because that's, because that's, that's trending for his first hire. Yes, that's trending in the right direction. And if you want to talk recruiting, you want to look at where Josh Pastner is doing at the end of this and the next recruiting class to see about how his improved focus on Metro Atlanta is doing. And if that improved focus is leading to landing better four- and five-star talent from Metro Atlanta for basketball, then maybe, hey, Paul Johnson or whatever walks yeah, upstairs set the tone. to Josh Pastner and asks the curly hair dude what the heck he's been doing, asks Eileen Morales how she's getting... And I would That's add, I would add Michelle into that because if I remember correctly, Michelle had Michelle too. Michelle, at least from my experience, from what I've been reading, because she's had what a top five recruiting class in the nation, basically. I don't know if it was five, but it was like seven or nine, so it wasn't far after that. Yeah. So, and and most of those girls were from. I want to say they were from the metro area. A lot of them had ties to tech, at least if they weren't from Metro Atlanta. But either way, she's taking advantage of the existing tech network. Yeah, if you saw uh, some of the stuff going on behind the scenes at the Clemson game, yes, branding was stepping up. Yes, all this other stuff was going on. But Josh Pastner had one of his best recruits of the year. It was Marcus Watson, I think it was. I'm not sure. Five-star guy. He was in town. Who else was in town? Oh, Josh Akogi. Oh, Chris Bosch. How convenient. We have this big guy on campus. We're showing him the football culture. We're showing him things that are great about tech outside of McCamish. And, oh, yeah, he shot around, shot rebounds with the guy who got drafted uh, 20th overall last year. If that's not selling your program, selling your brand to a Metro Atlanta recruit, I don't know. Yeah, good point. Marcus Watson, Buford High School, pretty Metro. Very yep. Metro. <clears throat> I right. couldn't tell you where it is because I'm not Metro, but... Uh, sounds- 285? I, mean, I know there's a Buford Highway, so that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Metro Atlanta, but not wholly irrelevant. Okay, that's ITP fair. or OTP? It's OTP. OST TP. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, moving on. I feel like we answered that question very, very thoroughly, and it took me a long time to finally arrive at my point. But we- all right, let's let's look ahead to Bowling Green. The only note I have on this game is that Bowling Green is last in the country in rush defense. You should have plenty of notes on this. You wrote a whole thing about how this was the most important game of the year. So let's hear it, Akshay. Well, given current... Let's uh, mo- hang on a second. Were you about to say this? It is the most important game of the year because it is the next game at this moment. It's not what I was about to say, but, but I was. Those are the facts. But I was going to say, given back that we are. Facebook, back me up on this. Given that we are one and three, this is our most important game of the year right now. So I stand by my original pick, but I'm also very sad that I have to stand by my original pick. It's the next game. So it's the most important game. Hey, I also picked us to go ten and three this season. So we still got nine oh, wins God. left. So <laughs> gotta get him somewhere. Gotta start getting him somewhere. I, for one, can't wait to watch us beat UGA in Athens. Given how much money I just spent on eight tickets for that game. Ooh. Oh, Christ! Did you, uh, give, did you give him the line for this game? Yet? Yeah, here's the line on this game: Georgia Tech, and this started at what twenty four. It's uh, as of press time on Monday, September twenty fourth. It is at 28 and a half. There must be some real action on the Georgia Tech side of that. The spread is rocketing up in the air like that. I have a theory on why the spread has changed so much. Can I get you to press spacebar on that video real quick for me? 
choo-choo, it's the lane train. He wants this job so badly that he bet his entire salary on Georgia Tech to push the line so that when we don't win by 28 and a half, it just looks worse. And that's that's Lane Kiffin's conspiracy. He's coming. So, right. predictions. Oh, uh, Bowling Green beats the spread. That's it. Beats the spread. Okay. That's that's cool. I believe my note for this was Maction, and I already said that. Um, so, yeah, let's... Let's win. This team is not that good, um, and yeah, they, they there's going to be some more serious problems if we lose the Bowling Green than just you know. Just I one I don't even want to imagine that universe. So please, can we win this game? Please. All right. Speaking <laughs> of praying, that brings me to my prop bet. Is that not time for that? No. Not um, yet. Not yet. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, all right. So in a new throwaway segment, because I wanted to bring this up. On today's show, Wendy's in this week's brand Twitter throwdown of the week. This is the worst name segment I've ever heard. I'm a CS major, not a marketing major, thank you. I'll put this in the show notes. Wendy's absolutely murdered Nebraska fans on Twitter this week. From at Wendy's, might need a Scott Frosty to ice down the beating Nebraska's taking. Hashtag fresh fan reaction. What was the score of that game? Um, what game? The Nebraska Michigan game. Fun to fun. A lot to uh, I mean, for Nebraska fans, maybe. Let's see. They play in the Big Ten. In the yes. Big 14, really. They, the B1G. <clears throat> Gotta love the B1G. That score was a miraculous 56 to 10. No good work by everybody. Um, was it at the big house? It was. Ah. It was, and I think, I think that moves... We got by Michigan. That moves Scott Frost to 0-3. Excuse me. 0-3 on the season in his career so far in Nebraska. Hey, man, he's just trying to make that UCF uh, turnaround look even more special. Hey, George O'Leary went winless first. Never forget. George O'Leary. Uh, he's donated at least two hundred thousand dollars to the Alexander Park Fund, or one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in a five-year period. Troy, because I Troy's a good G five. I'm a silly, silly man. So I was outside of Callaway Plaza, and I went past the branding tent, and I was like, "Oh, I should buy a program in case something historic happens today." It's like we did not beat Clemson. I mean, it was historic, just not in the way that you wanted. But the yeah. program is pretty cool, and I'm. Learning never, things, I guess. I don't know. Never again will Clemson beat us by 28 points on September 22nd, 2018. It's a story. I got a magnet out of it. That's pretty cool. Very cool. I feel like that's my contribution to this podcast. We're proud. Dumb random guy. Uh, proud is not the word that I would use. We're disappointed. Uh, yeah, that's more. I can always tell the whistle story, but... That's not, not today. Not today. <laughs> okay. For another time. All right. Moving on to... The end of our show and Paul's big balls calls of the week. Last week, what happened with your bet, Cade? Uh, I picked Northern Illinois to beat the spread. NIU plus 14.5 against Florida State. Um, and Florida State won by 16 because Willie Taggart is no fun at all. Uh, they just keep not being good, but being good enough to make me look bad. Is FSU going to make a bowl this year? Good teams win. I hope not. Uh, let me see what their schedule is. I'll get back to you on that. Team. Okay, Bama. But this week I've got... I don't know what I have this week. Oh, this week I've got the showdown in Philadelphia. Not actually, though. It is in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's at Boston College, isn't it? Boston College is in Chestnut Hill, which is just 
I mean, it's yeah, just outside outside which is in Maryland. That's all the same place. Let's not pretend. <laughs> that's all the same place. Wait, did so, I say that Boston College was in Maryland? I meant Massachusetts. That was stupid. But basically, what what's going to happen is Temple's going to beat Boston College because once again, <laughs> Boston College not good. Steve Adazio not good. Anything that they could possibly produce. Including Matt Ryan, not good. They're just guys. That's just too hot of a take. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Everything but Matt Ryan, not good. What if Matt Ryan listens to this Flutie? podcast? What about Flutie? Flutie wore, Flutie Flutie. wore 22. He, that's not a real quarterback's number. What's a Flutie? I wasn't born then. All right, so Temple plus 14? Yeah. All right, Jake, you were talking about your prop bet earlier. All right. The prop bet of the week on my end, it's not really a prop bet. It's just picking uh-huh. against the spread. I got a Houston Baptist. Versus Southern Methodist. Uh, there's show. no line on this game. There's no line on this game. Um, I don't really know what I'm talking about because I've never heard of Houston Baptist before this. Um, actually, I have. That's a lie. Um, no, you've heard of Dallas Baptist. Oh, yeah, Dallas Baptist. They play baseball in the greatest conference in the world, the Missouri Valley. Um, don't at me, bro. Um, Please at him. Can <laughs> underscore of underscore bean on Twitter. It's just O. This is not a fancy operation I run here at the non-revenue department. Anyways, department. Houston Baptist, whose uh, whose motto is a John fourteen, uh, very nice, very wholesome, and Southern Methodist, whose motto is, uh, dear Lord, uh, please ignore their heathen prayers and help us chase them straight to hell. Um, yeah, so, that sounds like something someone that goes to SMU would say. Yes, pony excess. Uh, what is dead may never die. Uh, let's all. Stick business cards to bulletin boards with hundreds in them on this blessed day. Uh, SMU is going to blow Houston Baptist out of the water, and there's going to be a bunch of angry Protestants running around Texas because that's not much different than normal down there. So what you said their motto is what John what John four sixteen. Uh, I have it pulled up. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've been meaning to bring it up. We need some more scripture on this podcast. This is a good so, Christian podcast. I mean, I missed go. last week because I was at church, so I feel like I'm as good of anyone to answer this. Because the the John 4, 6 is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, and SMU's not going to get to a bowl game without a win against Houston Baptist. So, wow. Maybe you hey, you got to win the games that you want to win. All right, so I had... So I picked the Stanford-Notre Dame game, which Jake hates me for because apparently Stanford and Notre Dame have the most insufferable fan bases uh, on the face of the planet. Yeah, you're with, one of them. To which I would say the Chicago Cubs exist, and he's wrong. So, Cubs and four, I don't care who we play. Spanish Cubs, no Will Bonds. Cut this part. Cut that part, please. I might just cut Jake out of this podcast altogether. Anyway, <laughs> Notre Dame is favored by four and a half, and I will take Stanford in all of those points. I want Stanford to win that game outright. Akshay really likes Stanford. To be fair, they're the best athletic department in the country, but I didn't say that, so don't listen to me. Um, Literally, they've won the award for being the best athletic department in the country like 19 times out of the 21 times it's been awarded. Sorry, they've only missed it once. It was to UNC the other year. Get your facts right. Was that before or after the paper classes? Uh, I don't know, but UNC is fake, and Larry Fedora is a great product of their paper neurology degree. Hey, he's, a, he's a good doctor. I mean, he's a good doctor. Hey, man, I hit my head on the pavement the other day, and I went to go see him. <laughs> off your bird? Did you fall off your bird? Yeah, I did. It was really sad. He told me to sleep it off, so I've been feeling a little dizzy since then, but I did sleep it off, and I think it's probably getting better. Sleep for like 36 hours off that, too? Yeah, I can't read too well anymore, but... You going to be ready to put on a helmet players. and go? Huh? You going to be ready to put on a helmet and go Saturday? Oh, anything for the team. Anything for the team. 
Cade is not somebody who's ruining the game, clearly. Yeah, I respect the game. Me and Hudson Mason on. You respect the game and America. Props, uh, prop bet for HBU and SMU was uh, over-under on how many players Tebowing on the sidelines, because apparently it's still like 2011 or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, good time. All right, with this with this crapshoot to end this week, uh, that that about wraps it up. Cade, where can they find you online? They can find me at f t r s c a d e on Twitter uh, or on Facebook. No one has friended me on Facebook yet, have they? Well, there was one random guy the other day, but I'm still not clear on if I, I declined it. But I, I don't think anyone's friended me. You just insulted a listener, Cade. I didn't mean to decline it. It occurred to me later on that that might have been somebody. Sad. Yeah, that, that was not Sad. Poor guy. Sorry about that. Jake, we're going to find you. You can find me at uh, Chick-fil-A on Wednesday at 11 a.m. in the Student Center. Please don't actually find him that way. Please That's don't. a little that creepy. That would be creepy and weird. Um, it's like tweeting point. at Kroots. Don't tweet at Kroots. Jesus Christ, don't tweet at Kroots. Yes, and don't tweet at players about how they're playing, not how you want them to play, because that's just... That's, we're better than that, guys. If I could remember the name of the guy who was tweeting at, like, Quaster, seeing all these people on Saturday, <laughs> I would call him out right now, but I can't remember his name. Uh, he sucks. You suck if you're listening. You're really not a good guy. Stop doing that. Let's see. Twitter, um, you can find me at can underscore o underscore bean. Not with the F. Or an S at the end. It would make a lot of sense if it was can of beans, but I don't know what I was thinking. Found um, it. Yeah. Or you no. can find me on Thursdays on From the Rumble Seat with the History Column. Or uh, Fridays with HTS Mondays with Yellow Jacket Roundup. Because we come to you live from non-rev sports uh, several times a weekend. So uh, it'll be a great weekend on the flats. Hit us up. I thought I thought the right. whole shtick of like Bobby Dodd and Heisman and everybody ever is like, good tech man. Be a good tech man, darn it. Yes. End of sentence. There you go. Well, uh, to kind of play off of that, I don't use Twitter like a good tech man. Ooh. But, well, it prevents me from tweeting at crudes and also at players. Well, this guy's a profile. And at women. Okay, next. That's weird. I'm not Lane Kiffin. Anyway, you can find all my articles from at FTRS blog and on fromtherumbleseat.com. So for Kate Lawson and Jake Grant, this has been Scions of the Southland, signing off from Midtown Atlanta. Choo-choo.